Hi, I'm Rich Wynn. And I'm Rebecca Nixon. And this is the PropTech Growth Podcast. Every episode, we interview an expert in the PropTech startup space, gathering their advice and expertise to help you run a successful PropTech business. I'm the portable PropTech CMO, and I help PropTech startups build and scale their commercial growth strategy. I'm Rich from Richwind Consultancy. I specialise in operations, sales and process, helping fintechs and PropTech companies to grow. How's it going? Yeah, good. Yourself? Yeah, not bad. How's how's pitch perfect going? You seem to be pretty happy with it. Last time we spoke, all, mm-hmm. all good. I've got four startups doing it. I've got a few more in the pipeline, but not as many as I'd like, which is why I sent an email campaign out this morning trying to get a, a few more in. Yeah, it's good. I finally got it to the point where I'm really happy with the process. I've yeah. managed to get the sessions down from two hours to 90 minutes. Oh, that's good. The time in it. Like... It really is. And the the first company I signed up, Where's Home, they just finished and they loved it so much that they want to keep working together. So Brilliant. That's amazing. I've just been out walking for two hours, enjoying the sun and having a coffee. Um, good. So... I'm glad that you did that. Yeah, you need to. I put out a post today about mental health and stuff like that. And I do think without that walk in the morning, and I walk to get a coffee, but I walk about anywhere from 5 to 10K. And I walk quite quickly, but uh, I put my like, my running shoes on to do it as well. So I know that I'm not going to knacker up my knees any more than they already are or my back. Yeah, it's good. And I, I think it's so important, especially on a day like this. Just take half an hour to a beer garden tonight. <laughs> that night It's going to be cooler, but it's still going to be really nice and warm. I'm not going to be wearing, I've been wearing trousers for, obviously I've been wearing shorts and I've been walking around naked, but <laughs> I had to wear jeans for the last two days um, for various things and it's absolutely killed me. I'm just mm. like, it's, it's one, because I need to get back to the gym, but two, yeah, it's it's good and I, I think it is important and like I was mentoring on Monday at Block Dojo or like doing the initial sort of introductions and, and mm. the startups. And that, that was one of the questions though, like a couple of the, the founders were asking me like around loneliness, mental health, stuff like that. And uh, yeah, it is so important. So, and I don't condone drinking. I don't think that's a, a great thing to, to do, but walking to a beer garden of a cranberry juice or a, a Guinness, like Guinness is healthy apparently, or the more healthy, but still not healthy. Yeah, like in moderation. Have... Exactly. Yeah. Or Sounds walk to your ice cream van and get an ice cream or do do something nice and, and just get out. Because if you sat in the same place the whole day, it's like being sat in detention, isn't it? Yeah. You've got so to go. If it's not exercise, just do something else like, that you enjoy. Our routine in the morning has become, because Luke has to open up the pulley tunnel, the greenhouse and stuff, get the farm ready for the morning. So I get Duran up and I take him down into our first field where we've got some chairs set up and he has a bit of a run around. Luke opens up the farm and makes us a couple of coffees and comes down and meets me down there. And we sit down out in the sunshine with the dog, having a cuppa and a chat just about our day before we go inside or crack on with work. And yeah, just that half hour or so first thing in the morning makes such a huge difference. That sounds amazing. I think you've got a great lifestyle. We have had many challenging moments. And I think the biggest lesson that we've learned is it's very easy to idealize 
the country lifestyle but if you are a startup person like both of us are you will take that with you wherever you go and our first year here was honestly way more stressful than any startup I've ever been in because we took that approach here and we wanted to do everything at once we got totally overwhelmed and stressed when it was supposed to be this fun relaxing thing and I think it's really important to the the lifestyle or the energy that you're seeking in yourself to cultivate that internally first and foremost and then carry it with you wherever you go whether it's to live on a farm or to walk down the road to go to a beer garden or get an ice cream that's something that's internal rather than external yeah tell me a, a, a little bit about pitch perfect and, and what it does and, and, and yeah tell me about that so essentially as we know the way to build a relationship with clients and to develop your customer pipeline is first they like you then they trust you then they buy from you and i think trying to get that across to founders on a very high level works but what often ends up happening is they always end up talking about the product and they get far too into their own little world of their business, which is completely understandable. That's the four walls that they are living in. But what it does is it causes them so many problems when it comes to marketing and selling their product. And I think it's been such a consistent issue that I've seen with so many prop tech startups is just focus on product focus on themselves and what they're doing and why it matters and then they're like nothing's converting and so pitch perfect is very much about having developed a framework whereby a founder can build those relationships with their target market really understand them get into their shoes empathize with them and ensure that everything that they're putting out there in terms of their messaging is connecting with the customer and so it's much more easier said than done but i take them through that whole process of yeah understanding the customer prioritizing the messaging and then we do a bit of work on which channels to use and how to get it out there and how to engage with people but yeah ultimately it is a messaging piece of work and it's really foundational and fundamental and it's something that I feel I need to do with every client before I can even look at things like branding or marketing channels or growing a team like I've got frameworks for all of that other stuff and that's all really important but none of that will have any remarkable effect if your messaging isn't right so that's what it's all about yeah it's good I like it and I think it's a great say before you start working with the client you want to either know all that like from them or have them in a place where they've got that and then you can immediately see where you can help that client and that's probably why you've been taken on by the first client that you had because it's one thing taking a, a equivalent of five-week course but then you actually got to put that in practice and with everything else going on that's a hard thing so you know yeah. having a portable CMO just makes sense so yeah no, it's really good i've got a number of people doing it as well and they're they're all loving it so far so good excellent really good yeah i like it i like it a lot 
Yeah. It's for, uh, the uh, Christopher Watkin episode on the podcast where he goes into detail about that, get someone to like you and then they buy from you. And uh, mm. that mountain that he's made mm. us draw out and went over that again is, is massive. Um, mm. And yeah, it's, it's really good. But I think what's, what's been great about this podcast is you know, one, people <laughs> watch them and listen to them, which is always nice. But I, I can say that I, I don't know, I have learned so much by speaking to these experts. It doesn't even matter if they're in prop tech or not. We're lucky that, that a lot of them are. But just overall, what I've taken from each sort of episode, either editing it or just watching it back, there's so much stuff in there and it, it mm -hmm. is hard to comprehend everything that's going on even in a like 40 30 40 minute podcast whereas mm -hmm. if you've got it down in a very structured way as you have and I, I know that you're structured it just makes it so much easier and you can take the things that you've learned as well as your experience and yeah i just think it's great i think it'll be really successful or more successful than it's already um, yeah. well done you on that oh thanks appreciate that what about your audit you've been doing a prop tech audit yeah, it's, it's going all right. I think it's it's interesting time at the moment, and I, I've not marketed it at all, really. I've, I've spoken to people about it, and, and, and I've done a, a, a couple, and I, I enjoy doing it, and I, I love looking through people's businesses anyway. But what I'm really enjoying and have enjoyed is the mentoring side of things. Unfortunately, it doesn't pay at the moment, but I really enjoy getting into people's businesses, giving them some advice and saying what. I think they can do and then looking at your processes your operations because I, I was saying to my business partner this morning it's so important that we keep going back to this is actually what we want to achieve mm. because you can get lost in the process and things happening and it's actually let's every month take some time and go back and look at what we achieve and actually if it's becoming really labor intensive that's the whole point of this was for it not to be labor intensive yeah so, so true it's keeping that going as well as trying to put put processes in place and ultimately is about sales and i know obviously from what you said about pitch perfect that the marketing side of it ultimately leads to sales because they go hand in hand anyway so yeah i'm enjoying it and it could be busier but i've got so much going on that it, it, it's really good fun yeah it's all right it's all right but like you, you have ideas and change stuff up and at the start when we first met it was all about just working with companies as a cmo and that's changed into i can still do that but i can also do this and yeah this, this is the variety that i've got and i think that's i've got yeah one thing that i'm enjoying is the thing that i don't get paid for which is a bit strange but yeah it, it is the mentoring side and again it, it all ties in with what i'm doing with the audit and the sort of the process and sales process and all that sort of stuff it all ties into the mentoring i think it's interesting where the industry is at the moment obviously i've spoken to so many people and they're just like we just went for funding and then i'm speaking to people you know people have been trying to get funding for the last six months or whatever and they're like it's just a different market like 2022 to 2023 it is just completely different and it, this is not companies who are 
potentially going out of business or their runway is three months or six months or whatever. This is, we need to scale. We want the funding. We just need to find it. And I think with pre-revenue firms and and also those with a, a small MRR, if you cannot show a big amount of money coming in, people are just not interested. It's the long mm-hmm. short. And why ultimately why would they be? Like old trussonomics killing us off. Like it's yeah, it's difficult. It's difficult. But yeah, I think the best companies will, will keep going, but I think we will start to see some drop off. In the same way we're seeing drop off with agents just wrapping up the whole sort of process taking six months and everything like that. Mm. It's just I don't know how, how a lot of them are surviving. But yeah, and everyone's trying to sell to agents at the moment as well. Yeah. Like half the prop techs I speak to are trying to sell to agents. <clears throat> There's so much noise. The agents have so many struggles and challenges of their own at the moment. Unless you're directly addressing those, you're not going to get anywhere with agents. No. It's it's like, for them, it used to be, it always is, but how can I get more listings? If you've got something that helps them to get, and we're talking obviously residential because I think that's where most of our business is. I don't know that much about the commercial space, if I'm honest. I, I do know a couple of really good companies in that area. Yeah, I think the residential market is tough. And unless you can do something that shows instant, we're going to bring you more cash in. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and you have to be able to demonstrate that really well. You can't just claim because everyone's talking about the usps we increase efficiency we save you money we do this we do that and it's everyone says that every single startup you talk to has the same three point usp increase efficiency reduce costs delight your customers yeah you really have to differentiate and really quantify what it is you're bringing to the table yeah. And it, it like you said, it needs to be a consistent message. You, you've got to use your, you can like webinars and what appearing on things and just getting that consistent message across that we can save you money. Mm. Because it's one thing to cold call an agent and just say, we can save you money. Or even if they respond on your website, you've then got to convince them that this is the right thing to do. Landlords are apparently less interested now in selling up. And since they they added the 3% stamp duty in whenever it was, uh, 2015, 16, maybe 14, there's always been a battle against landlords and it it is what it is at the the end of the day. Yeah. I I think it'll be fine. You get good tenants, you get good, uh, bad tenants, you get good landlords, you get bad landlords. And the world keeps turning. Exactly, exactly. I decided to put together a prop tech founder survival guide and I talked to a number of clients about what are the main issues that you have, what's the most painful stuff that you're dealing with at the moment, particularly things that you don't like talking to people about. Number one was the mental health issue and a number of other things as well. So I emailed a bunch of people today being like, look, this is what prop tech founders are telling me do you have anything that you want to add or share to be addressed in this this guide and I got an email back from a prop tech VC and I won't name names but he responded with this isn't really prop tech specific so I'm not sure I can help and I just thought 
first of all you've completely missed the point because your job is to work with founders and the number one issue they have is a universal human challenge so instead of going oh that's really interesting you've got oh that's nothing to do with me it's just completely unempathetic but also the reason i didn't write some of the more prop tech specific things that i have on my list from founders is they're not very complimentary of VCs. <laughs> yeah. So I thought I won't put those in. Maybe I should have, and then this guy would have got the prop tech specific content he wanted. Yeah. Obviously, I saw that email. Because we've talked about this before, right? There's two kinds of prop tech founders: the prop founders and the tech founders. People from a property background, people from a tech background. And people from a property background are like, I don't know what PAM is. I don't know what CAC is. They don't know the, the sort of startup metrics. And then the people who are from a tech background, they don't know what RICS means. They don't know what a lot of the sort of industry specific stuff is. And you almost need, yeah, a way of bridging that gap. Apart from Google, I think Google is, yeah, number one stop for the tech people, but not for the property people. Yeah, and I think it's easy to say, but no, no one's out there to see you do badly. Just ask someone if you're not sure. You will know someone else in the space or just reach out or put on LinkedIn if you know what the acronyms are or not. If they can help you, there will be someone who just LinkedIn message them right, and just say, I'm struggling with this. You seem to have a really good take on it. Can you just let me know? And it's going to be two minutes to someone time. And they'll just message you back. Yeah. Like, no, no one cares if you do it or not. People should just be interested in what their business is doing and, and how they're doing. And if they can help someone out, which everyone seems to be happy to help people out in the same way people have appeared on our podcast who have no idea who we are, like they're, 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 they're happy to do that. You just have to ask. And it's obviously a confidence thing. But yeah, you just need to get over it and do it. I completely agree. I actually think that's some of the best advice I've ever heard on that podcast because so often people are really afraid to show vulnerability or a lack of knowledge in a certain area and it's really detrimental for them to be able to overcome that but actually just ask. No one who's not a complete asshole is going to laugh at you for not knowing something that Okay, to them might seem very basic and fundamental, but we've all got blind spots. Yeah, they, they just won't answer. Like, <laughs> like that. And then they might say something about you behind your back, but it's just like, who cares? Like, just ask someone. Like, yeah. it's, it, it's not, it, it doesn't need to be a big thing. But then sometimes they just need someone to say that to them. But yeah, that would, that would be, be an, maybe, maybe you need to do a, a video on the different acronyms. Like, oh yeah, I could probably do that. Yeah, something like the talking clock, like TAM. <laughs> I don't even know what. Yeah, I do know what TAM is, but I have to look it up. When you were first talking about it, like Tam, Sam, Cam, whatever you were all about, I was like, "What the hell is that?" <laughs> I didn't need to know the acronym because I already understood the concept. Mm. But then it's interesting to know. But again, Doctor Google helped me out with that one. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. One of the other ones I thought was quite telling is I, I have three clients who for whom English is not their first language. And 
all three of them are excellent communicators but it really affects their confidence because they're like oh i don't know the word for this thing or that thing or i have to think through everything in my first language before i translate it to english but honestly like every single one of them are better communicators than some of the native english speakers that i know they worry about their spelling grammar punctuation using the wrong words but again i find that vulnerability is very endearing and you just like them more because they're trying they're actually making an effort to do what they're doing which is really admirable yeah and then again they just have to play to their strengths if yeah. that's what they need to do then they need to get people on the phone or they need to do videos rather than writing them down my grammar is appalling I, I write how i speak and apart from all the dinars and or whatever but it, it's it, again just play to your strengths no no one really knows grammar i don't know what half the stuff my seven-year-old's smarter than me at, at grammar and stuff like that and always telling me the right words and stuff like that if i don't know something or i can't think of a word i just say photosynthesis because it's a big word that some people may or may not know and then it's sort of almost a laughing point and then you just go from there so if they're excellent communicators they just need to get you'll point them in the right direction they just need to get the channel that suits them best and not worry about it because who really cares i understand if it's company documentation or brochure or whatever they're doing or an ebook or whatever that is they want to make sure it's right they can just send someone to proofread yeah exactly to, to proofread and they'll probably come back and have made it worse with regards to grammar because like you're saying <laughs> good help is the brightest people in the world I, i've got degree in politics and international relations but i don't remember anything from it and I, I can certainly tell you that the grammar was shocking in my dissertation with sort of 400 word sentences and stuff like that but you just do what you do you and uh, again it's same with coming to market with, with your, your mvp just get it out there don't, don't wait till it's perfect mm -hmm. if people come back to you and say oh actually i think but that's brilliant because that's free advice and so i think it is just yeah no one wants to see you fail doesn't matter if they're a direct competitor or whatever no one wants to see you fail everyone just wants their business to do well there's, a, there's every space look at the mortgage market there was so many there were so many mortgage brokers, like six eight thousand in the uk all doing the same thing the, the market is big enough for everybody mm. if you put the product like or the right thing for that time or you can put it across how you want to again a, a, another really good idea um and yeah I think you'll get some good take up on that because you know how to market. So you're going to get some take up. I genuinely also just really like helping. And I think most people get enjoyment from helping other people. That's why your advice about just asking works because people want to help. They want to be able to give you an answer and make your day in their five minutes of effort. Yeah. So. I get real pleasure out of developing anything that I know actually helps people. And so when I talk to my clients, these sorts of things come to the fore. They go, oh, this is a problem. That's a problem. And it doesn't matter if it's a marketing problem or not. If it's a problem and it's my client's problem, it's my problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I care and help and whatever I can do to help with that. Okay, maybe the only thing I can do to help is to steer you towards someone in whom that is their area of expertise, but that's something rather than be the person who goes, oh, that's not my remit. You like, you got 
busy, but if we can help each other, we just help each other. We've never met. We don't really know each other. Oh, yeah, we have met because you're a hobbit. So I remember that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, 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 a hobbit. <laughs> so, a proud hobbit. <laughs> yeah. But we started working together just through a couple of phone calls and a couple of emails. Yeah. We didn't meet for three months or whatever, but we were both helping each other out relatively new obviously not with it but with our own little businesses yeah uh, and everyone's there to help i think that's why i like mentoring because it's it, it's giving advice and helping people and things that they haven't thought of like it's always nice and then it makes the person who's giving it away feel good because they're like oh i'm quite knowledgeable actually and it also helps the other person so again it's a feed their ego and yeah that's a, a good one grow <laughs> grow some balls and feed their ego of people <laughs> you're an expert please tell me what tam means total addressable market brilliant okay and what does that actually mean speak to someone in marketing uh, <laughs> all the people out there that might buy your stuff it doesn't have the same ring to it does it no but yeah it's good i think that'll be interesting to see what you come up with on that some of it is just a bunch of crap that people don't need to know anyway I remember the number of startups I worked with that in their pitch decks would always be talking about their CAC to LTV ratio. And I'm like, you've got a niche B2B SaaS product. Can you just make sure that you're spending less money than you're making? Because actually that's your biggest problem. <laughs> yeah. I don't care about your LTV to CAC ratio. Our average onboarding cost is 30 grand per client and our average contract is 15 grand per client yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of smoke and mirrors in that world maybe yeah. that's why we need to write the list of acronyms yes back to ltv ratio a bunch of bollocks that is a waste of your time <laughs> yeah yeah definitely definitely and I, I think that's key and i think that's the best advice that you can give have more money coming in than you have going out like that is ultimately it if, if you Isn't want to boost or you want to get to vc or even just raise money from a bank or uh, debt or however you want to do it, it ultimately you need to have a plan where you bring in more money th than you spend and if you're at the start you might feel like you need to spend 10 grand a month and then you get two grand in but i'm telling you now it's a waste of time don't do it you'll never get back to where you, where you want to be on that or you'll get to five and five and you might break even but where's the value in that you can't live off nothing forever no. yeah well a lot of those metrics really are a smokescreen to try and encourage people to invest in a company that isn't going anywhere yeah and i'm not saying that about the specific metric we were just discussing but in general focusing on dozens of different kpis and metrics is a really great way to distract yourself from ever having to build a fundamentally successful business. Yeah. Yeah. It's the old hiding behind a spreadsheet or whatever, trying to work out something that doesn't need to be worked out. You just need to be out there developing your business and, and getting out there and speaking to people. Ultimately, yeah. if you're not doing that at the start of your business, you ain't got a chance. No. And the number of times I speak to a startup, particularly when they've got a salesperson on the call, and I ask them what their biggest problem is. And the salesperson almost always will say, I don't have enough leads coming in. And I'm like, okay, have you done an exercise where you work out your TAM and you figure out how many leads are out there in the universe for you to go, go and get? No, but we think it's about this much. 
all right, have you actually just gone through and identified them and reached out to them? We sent an outreach email to a thousand people and it had a 12% bounce rate. Like, what are you doing? Leads exist out there in the world and your job is to go get them. They're not necessarily going to come to you and you need to actually offer them value and engage with them and build a relationship so that they understand why they should even talk to you. And I just keep hearing these excuses like, oh, no one's coming in and they're not going to. Yeah. They've got stuff going on. But, and again, it all starts with the founder. If they haven't set up a proper sales process or actually worked that out, what's the point of hiring a salesperson to come in and, and you waste X amount on their salary and you haven't even got a process for them or you expect them to build a process. Actually, they don't care as much about the business as you do. They're just there for a salary. Like ultimately that's what there's salary and commission. That's what salespeople do. So if you don't have the right process to start with or you haven't set it up properly or you might have hired the wrong person because they say, oh, I can set up a process for you and all that sort of stuff. But actually when it gets to it, I've just not got enough leads coming in to do that. Go out and get some. Yeah. But the founders should be doing that for, or depending on who the founding team is, someone should be setting that up for you. And you should, then you can just come in and, and get going and know what you're meant to do. Yeah. And the excuses do get boring. And I wonder if fundamentally it's because so many people have an idea that they think is great, but actually isn't yeah Yeah. it's something we can all be guilty of it's the fear that i have about my own business on a regular basis yeah yeah but the fact that i have that fear and ask that question and try to address that hopefully means that i'm aware enough to not end up in that pitfall but the number of people who have an idea that just isn't that compelling and they think that any number of different activities is gonna fix that yeah if you haven't sold one person yet you've got a big problem yeah and it's again it's practice what you preach you've sent out an email to various different people in various different guises saying what do you think of this but vcs come back and said i don't know anything about it i don't care and if everybody comes back and says that that it's it's probably not a good idea i love test split testing ideas so Something I don't usually do is run ad campaigns, but occasionally I'll run an ad campaign on LinkedIn. And I, it was just an ad for Pitch Perfect, but I wanted to test four or five different sets of messaging and just see what was the most engaging so that I can scale that up and use it. And it was very revealing. No, I didn't make any sales through that campaign, but I learned a lot. And the most compelling, piece of content across that campaign was something around how founders are spinning too many plates how can we make things easier for you that that's really generic messaging right that's not prop tech specific yeah but that was the one that got the highest level of engagement so that's what i'm going to use for other things now yeah and it's i can't remember if it was a podcast or it was last time we we spoke you were saying how linkedin ads are so much better than google and for what you're trying to do and is again practice what you preach it's good for your clients to know that you're you've done it and you've got yes. something <laughs> it. 
gives them one up because you've already got that information, but it also you can explain to them, I've done this and it's created this and it's cost me X, but I've got X coming in and you can, this is how it works. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's really good. Let's build it for you too. Yeah. Yeah. And it is a blueprint. And yes, there are customizable, unique things about every business. But at the end of the day, ultimately, there are things that work and things that don't in a ways to figure out what they are that are very practical and very implementable by any business. Just need to know what you're doing. Yeah. And I'm sure it's the same for you with ops and sales process and stuff, right? Yeah. I'm long enough in the tooth to know what sales processes work and what what don't or have a basic standard i know that this works because i've done it in my own businesses i've done it in the financial services industry i've done it in commercial real estate in dubai i, I know what works as a sales process in dubai it's having a whatsapp group of investors and sending them a property and of six investors some of them will be interested some of them won't i'll tell them what we do and then we do it and that was my sales process and that worked for that is that going to work over here probably not but again but you have to build up that relationship with people but yeah i love whatsapp is if i could do all my business on whatsapp that would be great but yeah yeah it's, there's only so many sales processes that you can have and i feel like i've refined what the best ones are but again if you're two years into your business you got six months of runway left and you're getting some business in from what you're doing to then convince someone actually you get a lot more business doing this but it's going to take three months for you to see anything again mm -hmm. it's like and that's where a lot of businesses are at the moment and uh, mm -hmm. but i i think yeah, it's interesting it's good fun and yeah like anything in business is yeah it's yeah good. so what do we say to all of those founders that are in that horrible position right now of just being really stressed because they're running out of runaway and it doesn't look like there's another round coming in what do you do you drop everything and you make more sales you literally just all you do for 12 hours a day is try and sell like you make the contacts you use whatever mediums that you want but you just need to make sales that is the only way you're going to increase the life of your company and so it doesn't, I don't care what you do with the product, just drop it. Like you've got an MVP. If you've been going one, two years, you've got a good product. Like in, in most cases, whether anyone wants that product is a different thing. But the only way to do it is for you to sell and how you want to do that. If it's like marketing, but you only have a set period of time. So you need to drop everything as a founder, as a CTO, as whatever. And you all just need to sell. It's as simple yeah. as that. And if you don't like selling, then i actually completely agree and i would say if you're a, a founder that's in that sort of semi-dire position don't call me don't call a marketing expert get on the phone and sell that is your number one priority and then when you have a little bit more stability when you've got some bootstrapping going on or you've got a six month runway plus then call someone in to do marketing growth scalability stuff but don't call me right now call potential clients get on the phone and sell your product because i can't turn your business around in three months i might be able to do it in four five six but i'm not doing it in three so get on the blower and get face to face and get on linkedin and, and speak to everyone that you can within your sector without your sector or people that you know so how what is your sales process or how can you sell how do you sell more than me 
what do you do oh brilliant okay i'm going to try that like but that's you can do that in a day you can change the way that you sell within a day you can within a week you will have worked out what sort of works what doesn't work and then you just keep building from there and you're ultimately you have to make sales like you you've said so if you're not a salesman or woman or person um you know learn read books listen to podcasts listen to there's so many books out there about just pick one and learn to sell and yeah. and again it takes a day to learn to sell obviously it takes a long time to get get good at it you've you've just got to do it and if you don't want to do it your company's just gonna go bust maybe yeah. that's your next product rich the one day sales turnaround that's quite good actually the one day sales 180. yeah i like that i i, I stopped the other day to take a picture of this wisteria because it was just so amazing like, what are you doing with your life like, what, what are you taking a picture of wisteria for you're going to show what? it to it was a moment in time that i enjoyed and i was like i'm going to take a picture of that yeah oh yeah capture those moments they're special and are you going to go to lots of talks and things you go to a business presentation you take pictures of the slides you never look at those but no. the wisteria that's worth looking at yeah it is it is oh we've gone very hippy dippy today i, I know like yeah i'll probably start crying <laughs> in a minute um but back on track I, I was lucky enough to go to the sheffield wednesday game i don't know if you follow football but they were four nil down in the playoffs from the first leg and they came back and won and i was at hillsborough to watch it it's absolutely amazing like they, they got back to four four full time then the uh, peterborough scored first in extra time but then chef wednesday got one back and then it went to penalties and they scored all the penalties it was just it, it, an atmosphere like nothing else then there's a massive pitch invasion i got I, the reason why i thought of it is i got pictures of that and it was just like these people obviously i didn't support anyone i've just got obviously i was supporting chef wednesday because who i was with was supporting chef wednesday but yeah it was just absolutely amazing what an atmosphere um and, wow. and things like that again they just take you away from business and you just like even though you get that euphoria and you see these people we had a guy in front of us who's brilliant huge guy like tall not fat and he had really like fiery ginger hair and every time chef wednesday got a throw in or a corner he was up and he was like cheering and he was like brilliant it was like they've just scored but he was so involved and so passionate about it. I, just, I was just like this is amazing and, and i think that's got how you've got to be about your business because if you're not there if you're not getting a sale and jumping up and down like this is brilliant like obviously you're then on to the next one you've got to take those small victories thanks for joining us on the prop tech growth podcast to learn more you can find us on linkedin or email proptechpodcast at icloud.com see you next time